In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. All right. Welcome back into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. I am joined once again by my awesome co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, it is Tuesday. It is our second episode of Conference Championship Week. And we're doing this for the people. We are doing this for the people. We have an episode every single day this week getting all of you ready to rock and roll for what is sure to be an awesome weekend of college football that will decide the top four teams that go into the college football playoff. You can keep tabs on us on social media. The show, Punt and Pass Podcast, is at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass at gmail.com. Aaron, you are at Aaron Murray 11 on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Drew Butler 13, and we are ready to rock and roll. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We mentioned the coaching carousel craziness that is currently underway across the nation last night. We're going to touch more on that, break it down a little bit more. I found a super interesting article of what the BCS rankings would be like if they were still intact and decided the top four teams in the college football playoff. That is a fun conversation. We'll dip into that. And then, Aaron, at the beginning of the season, we heard a lot of talk about who the best conference in college football would be in 2017. Now, since the games have been played and we are are approaching conference championship week, we can break that down and revisit it. Speaking of revisiting things, last night on the podcast, we broke some good news. Aaron, on Friday evening, you and I will be at Sweetwater Brewery doing a live podcast taping. 6 30 p.m that's right sweetwater brewery in atlanta you know it awesome awesome beer it's located at 195 otley drive in atlanta it's in the ansley midtown area this is an easy drive from buckhead midtown or downtown so when you're coming in town from the game come start your weekend with us we'll be in the tap room the doors open at 4 20 we'll be there at 6 30 there's no admission fee to come hang out you can buy flights or pints of tasty beers and just enjoy they'll have a food truck on site there too Search Sweetwater Brewery on Facebook to find the schedule. Also, Aaron, you have a super busy week. I mentioned it last night, but Friday, you and I in the afternoon will be at the SEC Fan Fair. This is from 4 to 4.45 p.m. We'll be on the press box stage doing a fun little interview. Maybe talk about the podcast there as well, but enough about me, enough about us. How are you, man? You're back to the office today. Back to the office, back to the grind and it's just going to be a fun week every day. We're going to be coming out with some new topics, some fun stuff, little quick hitters for you guys. And then, like you keep saying, I'm excited to get out there on Friday, on Saturday, get out there in the public, get in front of everyone, and just have some fun. That's what the big goal is this week, is everyone just to have some fun, to enjoy their teams being in these championship games, and see how it all unfolds come next week when the playoffs are finally decided speaking of unfolding and i know you wanted to talk a lot about this and i kind of hijacked our conversation last night because we mentioned the tennessee vacancy and the greg shiano debacle at length because it needed to be 
unfolding right now is a lot of situations across college football with head coaching vacancies, most specifically in the SEC. But I know one thing you're passionate about and want to talk about is how these coaching hires, fires, uncertainties affect recruiting, especially this year, the first year that an early signing period has been put in place where recruits can sign, I believe, December 20th or December 22nd, Aaron. Remember, high school is not in session. I I don't know, and, and somebody can help me on social media, Aaron, you might know as well. I don't know if the dead period, the recruiting dead period, is still in play during high school finals like it used to be when you and I were in school. But, man, these kids who are committed to schools without coaches, maybe you're committed to Florida State and all you hear is that Jimbo Fisher maybe headed to Texas A&M. Maybe you're still committed to Tennessee. What are you doing as a recruit, Aaron? How does this affect you as a recruit, the recruit's family, and your plans for the next three to five years at your destination that you're planning to head to? I think the biggest thing, and a lot of people don't realize, is is you're not just committing to a university, but you're committing to a coach. And as a parent – you want to have your kid go somewhere where you know they're going to they're going to learn the game of football. They're going to become a better football player. They're going to become a better student, a better player, a better person. All this stuff a lot goes into it. It's not just about oh, I'm sending my guy, my kid to the University of Georgia, the University of Tennessee. There's pride in saying I'm sending my kid to go be under coach Rick or this or coach Mullen yeah. or this coach Saban. Their parents take pride in that. It's not just about the university. It's the name that represents the university, and it starts with the head coach. Obviously, these guys are getting paid absurd amounts of money. I mean, the amount of money they're getting every year, they really are the face of the program, the one of the faces of the university. So these people, they got to figure it out because if I'm a parent and I'm looking at this whole scenario right now and I'm looking at all these colleges, not even the kid, just the parent, and I'm saying, listen, you know, if I had a choice of the parent to send you somewhere, I'm sending you to – maybe a handful of teams right now in the sec, because I know you're going to become a better person. I know you're going to be doing the right thing. I know you're going to win football games. You're going to get everything you need out of those four, three to four years. And you go to a place like Tennessee right now. I just don't know if you're going to get that. I don't know if you're going to get, uh, the, the hands on approach, the feel, the love, the, uh, ability to develop your kid at such a young age. So that right now, they're going to be set very far behind when it comes to the recruiting game. I think it's going to take four plus years for them to really get yeah. back. I mean, cause they're going to lose it. They're going to lose it, uh, a recruiting class this year, pretty much. I mean, it's just going to tumble right from underneath their, their, their uh, feet. And then it's going to be hard again next year because they're not going to have another great season. So now you just continue putting yourself behind the eight ball and it's going to take a while to get back. They are certainly behind the eight ball. Um, and you know, college coaching, I was harsh, on last night's podcast on Greg Schiano, and, I, and I'll remain on my stance uh, about that entire debacle. But college coaching, and I've mentioned this before, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, it is not easy. I mean, not only are you coaching uh, week to week to play on Saturday, you're recruiting year round. You are doing things for the athletic department. Most importantly, you are managing personalities. You have a hundred and twenty-five kids in your locker room, and if you're lucky. Two of them are from the same socioeconomic background. You have to manage how you handle these players, how they do academically, how they respond to coaching techniques. It's not easy, okay? For example, me, myself, I come from a a two-parent home. I grew up uh, playing golf 
I come from a loving family. A lot of guys at George Aaron when we were there did not come from the same situation as I did. When Coach Rick used to yell at me or get on me for no apparent reason, I could take it. Other kids, not so much. And that's just the way it is. So these coaches have to understand that they are taking on a much bigger role than just coaching football games. And yes, they know that. But I remain my stance on this. I do not feel bad for them. This is what they get into. This is what they want to do. They are compensated handsomely to doing so. And the cutthroat nature of the game in today's society is absolutely insane. And that's just the way the world is. It is a what have you done for me lately? If you don't do well one week, we're going to bury you on Twitter. If you do great one week, we're going to name you the next great head coach who should get a raise and get paid $10 million a year. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. Sorry to go on a diatribe, but that's just where we're at right now. And recruits understand it. You know, they've got the rivals.coms, they've got the Twitters and the Instagrams, they've got people telling them every single day, come here, come here. We love you. You're the best. Crowning, crowning people the prince week in, week out. It's just different now, Aaron. And, and the craziest spot, of course, is the SEC. It's the SEC. And there are so many vacancies. Right now, news breaking overnight that it looks like Jimbo Fisher is probably going to go to Texas A&M after this weekend. Remember, Florida State plays Louisiana Monroe. They are making up a hurricane game this weekend. My question to you is this. Why, why would he leave Florida State this year? I know he lost his quarterback. I know they've had a down year. They're not going to a bowl game. But he was mentioned for the LSU job last year. Why didn't he take that? Who's going to take over Florida State? This is crazy, Aaron. It's out of control. I don't understand the, the point of leaving Florida State. You have great security. You've pretty much built yourself up to in a great university. You're getting, like you said, paid handsomely right now. And you're a spot where you can have a couple losing seasons and you're fine. Like right now, he's in complete command of that university, of that program, recruiting in the state of Florida. I know you go to Texas A&M and, and you have the ability to recruit in the state of Texas, which is Right there up there with Florida and, and California is the best places to get these young kids. But, it, you know, going back when I spoke with Coach Bobo a few weeks ago when I was calling his game in Colorado State, the big thing he told me, because I was like, listen, there's going to be five to six openings yeah. in the SEC. You have the name recognition. You have the ability to coach in the SEC. You've proven to be a winner in this league. And a great recruiter. You know where to go with recruiting. Yeah. Exactly. What, what would you think about these teams come knock on your door? And he's like, I don't know. He said it, the security of being in a spot, especially with a young family, you're get, he's getting paid well. They have a brand new stadium. Things are on the rise at Colorado State. Why would you want to leave? And then going back to Florida State, you're at one of the best places in the country. Why take the chance to leave? Go out to the SEC West where you have to compete with Auburn, where you have to compete with Alabama, where you have to compete with LSU. And if you don't play well in your first three or four years, you're getting out. You're out of there. Yeah, May, you're out you, of there. You, you'll be lucky to get three or four years at this point. Exactly. It's just I don't understand. If you're in a good spot, you're getting paid well. What's the use of leaving? It's kind of crazy. But you can go back to your point before earlier with these kids and and the social media and seeing everything. I think that's the biggest difference nowadays. Is is everything is right at your fingertips, and it's not just the kids, but the parents as well. Everyone's getting constant updates. Everything is is right there at your fingertips. I know it, even my parents are getting stuff on Twitter and Facebook and, and they're sending it to me before I even see it. It's just the world is completely changing with, with how fast information is getting out and about. And like you said, just even overnight, we're getting 
my phone's blown up, your phone's blown up about coaching changes left and right right now. Yeah, and, and the Jimbo Fisher thing is is it interesting to me. I, I retweeted something last night on my Twitter at Drew Butler thirteen, and he is fed up with taking questions. He's fed up about taking questions about other coaches. He's fed up about taking questions about his own future. And he had a press conference with the media yesterday and just completely flipped the script on him. It was absolutely hilarious because he starts laughing. He starts laughing. These reporters are badgering him with questions. And he just flipped the script and started asking them questions. And these guys are going, uh, 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 didn't know what they were talking about. And he goes, well, you're not answering my question. Jimbo said, answer my question. And the guy goes, well, this isn't what I signed up for. And Jimbo Fisher's laughing his ass off and goes, yeah, well, no shit. So he said to him, he goes, this is what you, this is the situation that you put him in having to answer questions week after week, not about preparing for Louisiana Monroe in a game that is not even supposed to be on the schedule anymore, but talking about what are you going to be doing this weekend? Are you going to be coaching at Florida State? Are you going to be going to Texas A&M? But again, reports coming out. Uh, I saw our own David Pollock was talking about it on College Football Live last night. He thinks Jimbo's going to A&M. Paul Feinbaum from SEC Network said he believes Jimbo will be going to Texas A&M. That news will probably be broken later on today. And then we'll finalize it for you on tomorrow's episode, Wednesday, of the Punt and Pass podcast. Also news breaking overnight last night, Aaron. Tennessee reportedly reached out to David Cutcliffe. Remember, David Cutcliffe has Manning family ties. He has Tennessee ties. But Cutcliffe said he's going to remain at Duke. He's been at Duke for seven, six or seven years. They've been to a bowl game five out of those six or seven years. He said thanks, but no thanks. He's going to remain at Duke so that Team Martin head coaching possibility certainly seems like it is improving we mentioned that on last night's podcast I think you cannot throw out a name like Philip Fulmer and then I'm going to throw one more at you Aaron Lane Kiffin still out there he has no chance he has publicly no chance Lane Kiffin he has publicly expressed that he would take that job you don't think that they would reach out to him of course of course he would take that job he's 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 out of lower school right now yeah down at FIU, I know they had FAU. I know they had a great season this year, but no chance. Really? I mean, he has just dogged them left and right. It is <laughs> hilarious to see. I think that would be, I think that'd be quite embarrassing actually if they took him. I think he's. Really? I think, I think the way he's treated them this year, it's like, it's like going back to your ex girlfriend or yeah. boyfriend after they treated you. Have like you crap. ever done that? And it, have I have you? done that. <laughs> and, and it's, it's an embarrassing look. You look, you look thirsty. At the end of the day, if you yes. go back with them, that's all it is. So I don't I don't like that look for them. Uh, I, I do like T. Martin. I think he's a young coach, an up-and-coming coach. I think he has obviously the roots there, the pedigree, uh, the respect from Tennessee fans. I think people will jump on board, especially with that new facility they're about to be building up there in Tennessee. All that money is going to be flowing through that program. I think more will come if he – is the head coach of Tennessee next season. Yeah, and and this is my thoughts on Lane Kiffin. Was it a bad hire years ago? You really can't say. I mean, he was there for one year. You know, he left overnight. That was when he was young, I guess you could say, if I'm actually sticking up for Lane Kiffin, I can't believe that. But it was not a bad hire. I mean, they whooped up on Georgia that year. I think if he had the opportunity to go back, he would certainly do it. And Tennessee's going down the list right now. They're getting politely rejected, I think you could say, uh, in a nice way. And he might be one of their only people that's willing to take on the challenges ahead at Tennessee. So a name to watch. A name to watch is definitely Lane Kiffin at Tennessee. Yeah, I think John Gruden has more of a chance right no. now to, no. to be the head coach. 
of Tennessee. All right. I think so. I think I think if if, if ESPN comes to him and said, "Hey, listen, you know, it's six million dollars we're giving you every we'll year." Find out next yeah, week. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to cut that to about three to four million dollars because we're kind of not having a great year right now with all these people streaming and all yeah. this other craziness going on. If they cut his money in half, which I don't think he needs that much money, still he's getting paid pretty crazy. There's a good chance he may jump in the coach. I know he wants to coach. I think he's itching. I don't think he wants to recruit. I think he's publicly said, I don't want to recruit. So if they can kind of find a way to get around that, which I don't think you can, like we talked about with this day of age and, and how important recruiting is, uh, but he's still a heck of a football coach. So it'd be pretty interesting to see how that dynamic can shape out. All right. I'm going to go. I think your realistic shot is team Martin. I'm going to go Lane Kiffin and then hot take city would be Phil Fulmer just to right the ship. All right, next school, Aaron. I want two names before I get into a Drew Butler conspiracy. Mississippi State. Dan Mullen heads to Florida. He's taking Todd Grantham with him to Gainesville. Who's going to take over Mississippi State? Do they go young, a guy like Mike Norvell out of Memphis, who is an offensive guru? Do they try to go defense and and get a Brett Venables from Clemson, the defensive coordinator? Where are they going to go? Because... Whoever's going to Starkville, there are high expectations. The program has had the best years uh, of recent memory the last 7 to 10 after Dan Mullen left. I mean, they've got some big shoes to fill in Stark Vegas. Yeah, big shoes to fill. I mean, there's going to be tons of names being flying around right now. And uh, don't don't forget about Kevin Sumlin at yeah. Texas A&M. Obviously, getting fired, I'm sure his name's going to start flying around as a possibility uh, to jump back into the SEC. I mean, he has the experience uh, yeah, he had his ups and downs at Texas A&M when they started off strong with 11 win season early on and then really haven't been able to break that double digit win, but still has had a team in the West that has had to play these these tough football teams in Alabama and LSU. And he continues to bring out eight win seasons, nine win seasons. And and uh, you never know. I think these guys like an experienced coach, a guy who understands what it's like to coach in the SEC. So I'm sure his name will start to get thrown out as well. Uh, but I definitely love Venerable from from Clemson, you got a guy that is experienced, a guy that's coached a great defense, uh, and that's what you need, especially in that league. You need a great defense. I think it's it's been shown uh, that offenses are exciting to watch, but the, the best teams in the country, the best teams in the SEC, are those that can play continues to play great defense week in and week out. The Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSU's. Uh, so if Mississippi State wants to jump back into or eventually get to being one of those elite teams in the SEC. It's not just about the offense. They got to figure out a way to stop guys on the defensive side of the football. So getting a defensive minded coach could be a pretty good thing for those guys. Yeah, I mean, Kirby Smart has shown the blueprint at Georgia in just two seasons, defense and run game, especially playing in a weak SEC East will get you where you want to go at an expedited rate. Okay, Arkansas, who's going to go there? We're going to bring up and mention at length the SEC championship game this weekend in Atlanta. But if Georgia beats Auburn on a neutral field inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I think Arkansas backs up the Brinks truck and says, Gus Malzahn, come on home, buddy. Come on home and coach for the Razorbacks. What do you think? I think, Gus, I think it's a great – it's going to be a tough weekend. I I think Auburn has definitely a chance to win this game. It's going to be a great, great football game. I'm excited to go to it. But obviously, if, if Auburn does lose, I think I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I, I think he's at a great place at Auburn. I think he's built a great, uh, obviously, a great season this year. They have great talent there. They can recruit better at Auburn than they can at Arkansas. 
a name that just popped in my head right now, and, and I'm sure he's going to be not just for this Arkansas job, but for a Mississippi State job, uh, Les Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Mad Hatter, sure. baby. I mean, Mad Hatter, it, I'm sure. Think about a Florida State if it opens it, up. If the floor, I think if Florida State opens up, I think these SEC jobs, I think, Auburn. I think, I think Arkansas is actually a really good job just because uh, to take as a head coach because you can dip into Texas. You can jump into Texas when it comes to recruiting. You're not too far of a drive from Dallas to get and to he's all those top recruits. Familiar with that scene too, yes. with being at LSU. You're right. So, yep, he's. I think that would be Arkansas could be a very interesting place to see if Les Miles kind of throws his hat name in the hat down there. Like I said, it's it's an SEC program. He's back in the SEC. And then with his ties down there, I think recruiting wise, you can be able to build that program up. But you just need a really good name as a head coach uh, to kind of get it rolling. No doubt. It's going to be interesting. I know we're going to follow this throughout the week. I'm sure news will continue to break. It is only Tuesday and a lot needs to happen before that early national signing day period coming up at the end of December. They got to get stuff in order quick to speak to these recruits. Aaron, I sent you a link last night. And I thought it was just interesting to talk about this evening at 7.30 p.m., the second-to-last college football poll, college football playoff poll, will come out. I think everybody is certainly excited to see what happens tonight because it's going to set up this weekend. This weekend is essentially the quarterfinals of the college football playoffs. So if you want 16, 18 playoffs, open your eyes. Turn your brain on. Watch football this weekend because this is play-in weekend to the college football playoff. With that being said, I saw approximate BCS standings, what it would be this week if the BCS were to decide the top four teams in college football as it used to decide who got slated into BCS games to name a national champion. Now, this is what's going to happen tonight, Aaron, since my head is inside the committee meeting room. Tonight at 745, number one will be Clemson, number two will be Auburn, number three will be Oklahoma, number four will be Wisconsin, number five will be Georgia on the college football playoff poll. That is Drew Butler's ranking. That is Drew Butler's projected college football playoff poll ranking. Obviously, if the BCS was still in play, it would be totally different, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Number one would be who? Wisconsin, baby. You're totally right. Wisconsin's and bet, yeah, 12 Yeah, baby, Wisconsin. They're undefeated, and I know they've had a weak schedule, but you got to give them. You got to give credit where credit's due. They are undefeated. They haven't taken a dip. Every, I mean, they've been playing really well every week. Well, they're even some weeks the offense has played poorly. The defense steps up, gets a few pick sixes. It's just they. I think they're they they are a very complete team. I think they they're definitely gonna have their struggles this week versus Ohio State. Uh, team I still think is up and down, but they're undefeated at the end of the day. And you want to talk about these other schools, Miami, Clemson. I mean, they lost to not great teams. They lost to Syracuse and Pittsburgh. So Wisconsin played plenty of mediocre teams, but they shut them down week in and week out. They're going to have their biggest test of the year this week versus Ohio State. Then obviously if they make the playoffs, we'll see how they do in there. But They've looked good, so I think BCS-wise, it definitely makes sense that they're number one. Yeah, it does make sense, and I think the other interesting thing is this. Four and five play each other. That's Auburn being number four in the BCS standings, five being George in the BCS standings. That's a play-in game in the SEC championship. Number two in the BCS standings, Clemson plays number seven in the ACC championship. That's a play-in game. Oklahoma's number three. TCU's number 12. I don't know if TCU could get in, maybe with crazy, crazy help, but that's a play-in game 
in the Big 12 championship. And most interestingly, Aaron, UCF is number eight. Memphis is number 16. Maybe with an Ohio State victory and a TCU victory, if UCF were to win, this is according to the BCS, they could get in. That's where the craziness happens. I think that's where people didn't like the computers being in charge. Other than that, this is pretty spot on, I think. And again, we're going to find out the college football playoff poll rankings tonight. I already know them, and I already gave them to you. Mm. But this is a play-in weekend, Aaron. This is the quarterfinals of the college football playoff coming up this weekend. Yeah, and I'm going to go to my my predictions for tonight. A little different than yours. Uh, I think I'm going to have Oklahoma at one. Okay. I, I, I really like those guys. I think they're playing extremely well at the end of the year. Obviously, they have the Heisman favorite at the moment with Baker Mayfield. I got Clemson two. I have, whoo, I got Auburn three and then Wisconsin four right. right now. Okay. So that's, yeah. that's where, it, that's where it stands in my opinion. And then obviously Georgia five, Alabama six, uh, I think to finish that, it off. I think that makes a lot of sense too. a little shuffle between you and I in the top four, but the top four teams will be those Georgia and Alabama will be five and six. And again, it doesn't matter because everything is going to get shaken out this weekend and there should not be a lot of questions to figure out who's going to make it to the college football playoff final four. Last topic, Aaron, we mentioned it at length earlier in the season, who the best conference in football is. You know, you talk about it mid season, you talk about it late season, but now it's here. Is it the ACC with Clemson and Miami? Is it the sec with Alabama, Auburn and Georgia? Is it the big 12 with TCU, Oklahoma, Big Ten, who's the best conference out of college football this season? And obviously, we're we're a little biased, and this is an SEC show. Yes. So I, I think we're definitely going to be heavy favorites to SEC. And, and and the ACC had a lot of a lot of talk this offseason. Obviously, they had a great record versus the SEC last season. Yeah. They played well. They played well. They obviously they won the national championship. Clemson beating Alabama. Uh, so that you can kind of take a a step up if you're the ACC and kind of say, Hey, we, we are, we are right here. I think they've done a great job recruiting. I think they've, they have the, the talent, not only at the skill position, but the, at the offensive line, the defensive line, like you see Clemson uh, to compete at the line of scrimmage with these sec type teams, but it really was a down year for the sec. I mean, yeah, you get Clemson it's extremely uh, top heavy, you, you, very top heavy Miami. And then after that, it's just kind of blah, Florida state you know, loses Florida their quarterback state, week one. Use, yeah, obviously losing Florida uh, the Florida State early in the season, how bad they playing. One of your best teams, uh, it just doesn't look good. And then the SEC, you got to rattle them off. Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, LSU came on a hot. Mississippi's been playing well. Uh, so you got some good football teams in the SEC. Still a little top heavy, but not as extreme as say the ACC. Uh, Big Twelve, uh, Oklahoma, TCU. Um, not really anything special. And then big 10, obviously with Michigan being down this season really hurt that, that, you know, and one Penn of their State elite programs games. and then Penn state losing a few games, Ohio state's lost some big games. I just don't think they're a great conference this year. Uh, besides obviously Wisconsin making it out 12 and 0. Yeah, you know, American Athletic Conference. No, I'm just kidding. But UCF playing pretty well. Memphis, I think one of the best things that could happen in college football in 2017 was the magical world, that word that is parody. Okay, we don't really necessarily have to talk about who the best conference is. That will be decided in the college football playoff. 
if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, if TCU were to beat Oklahoma, I would think that two SEC teams in the playoff are in play, and then you could just take that pony and ride it all the way home and just say SEC is the best two out of the top four when it's all said yeah, and then, done. But then you get to the thing: if if Clemson does win, yeah, say Clemson wins the wins the national championship again, back to back years. It's tough to Obviously, argue, man. We talk about it, it's a top, extremely top heavy team that. I think that just makes them the best team in the nation. I think it has nothing to do at that point with conference just because their conference is just so weak this year. Yeah, yeah. It really is, especially if they especially if they go out this weekend and blow out Miami. If they just blow Miami out the door and, and beat them by two or three touchdowns, then who can you really say is a good football team in the ACC besides Clemson at that point? That's I really couldn't. Or you couldn't point. name anyone. That is a very good point. I'm going to ask you one more question before I let you get on with your day and head to work with little Thrill Matthews. Who's the most disappointing team in the SEC this season? Because I have one that may scratch some heads, but I've got a few facts to back it up. Who is your most disappointing team of the SEC's 2017 season? I think my most disappointing team is, is going to be Florida. Okay. I, I think it kind of watching some of their games, and I'm going to go back to their, obviously the Georgia loss, and, and then the loss to um, why am I drawing like Missouri and it just, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, it's not about winning or losing. It, it's just about the way they played. And I think that was more for that program, more embarrassing than anything else, because those guys played with no energy. They played with no passion. They paid, they played with no love uh, for their university, for the game of football. And I think that just looked really bad on that program. Because there's no way they should get beat like that against Missouri. No. Against a, a mediocre Missouri team. And at the end of the day, it's still Florida. They still have top talent at all over the place. I know your QB position was kind of up and down this year. Who's going to be the starter? Felipe Franks, a young yep. guy, was was definitely um, throwing some curveballs throughout the season with being benched and playing again. But you still got to play better as a, as a Florida team. Uh, and hopefully now that they got a great coach in Dan Mullen, a guy that can kind of reel in that talent they'll have better seasons, but I, I just think there's no reason a, a talented team like that should, should have that kind of season and should have those kind of losses to those type of teams. All right. Uh, I, I like your answer, but I'll just tell you right now, that was the easy answer. Okay. Florida uh-huh. had 10 people, 10 top players suspended before the season. They did not know who their quarterback was going to be before the season they weren't necessarily picked to win the sec east i know our friend david pollock said they would he was wrong but a lot of things happened progressively throughout the season where you're pointing to gainesville going man that's not a good situation then jim McElwain says he's getting death threats boom he's out it was a circus to begin with aaron and that's the only reason i did not pick florida my most disappointing team of the SEC's 2017 season, Vanderbilt. Okay, let me just tell you one thing. Vanderbilt started out the season 3-0. and They beat a top 25 Kansas State team at home. Some idiot defensive lineman opens his mouth postgame and says, Alabama, you're next. You're coming here. College game day worst goes of his life. to Vanderbilt. Okay, college game day was at Vanderbilt in week four for an Alabama Vanderbilt matchup. People were talking about how Vanderbilt has a chance to play with Alabama. This was it, man. Vanderbilt was back. Derek Mason had bringing the team up from the ashes. They were ready to rock and roll in the SEC East and compete. They fell off 
the map. Got beat 59 to nothing to Alabama. Georgia comes in, stomps them. This was an absolute travesty and a train wreck from week four onwards. And I am hereby claiming Vanderbilt as the most disappointing team of the 2017 SEC season. They yeah, did beat like Tennessee. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. I mean, obviously, they, they started off the season strong. And then just the mistake of just poking the bear in Alabama. Yeah, to, yeah. They got a little cocky. And ever, ever since then, they I think they've learned their lesson. And they've learned their lesson pretty hard uh, with the way the season ended for them. So I like it. I like your pick. I like mine a little better. But okay. I do I do appreciate what you're coming out with with those stats. All right. Awesome. We'll do this. has been fun. Tomorrow, we start breaking down football tomorrow we will continue and begin to preview conference championship weekend holler at us and look at our social media feeds at punt and pass on twitter and instagram punt and pass at gmail.com again on friday we will be at sweetwater brewery at 6 30 p.m doing a live podcast taping on saturday excuse me on friday at the sec fanfare at the georgia world congress center Aaron and I will be at the press box stage from 4 p.m. to 4.45 p.m. taking questions and hanging out. Aaron, anything left for our fans and listeners on this beautiful Tuesday? In no, man, I'm just I'm excited to see, uh, obviously, every day, man, these coaching changes. You just never know. I want to be uh, getting my ESPN alerts and Drew Butler alerts. Yes. And put and pass podcast alerts throughout the day to see uh, – who may end up where in this crazy coaching carousel we've been seeing. Absolutely. He's Aaron Murray at Aaron Murray 11. I'm Drew Butler at Drew Butler 13. Check back in tomorrow for a fresh edition of Punt and Pass where we will start to break down conference championship week. We'll talk to you then. See you.